Malik Cunningham is back for the Louisville Cardinals, and with the emergence of Brock Doman, it has many fans asking if there should be a quarterback battle for the starting position. On today's episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast, I'm going to explain why there should not be, but why Doman's emergence is huge for the Cardinals, not only this season, but going forward. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time, as always, to say thank you all for making us your first lesson of the day. Just a reminder, the show is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. As I mentioned, Malik Cunningham is back, and with the emergence of Brock Doman, it has many fans asking if there should be a starting quarterback battle. I'm going to explain why there should not be, but why Doman's emergence is huge for the Cardinals moving forward. We'll also discuss what the most likely path to becoming bowl eligible is. Um, but for starters, we'll talk about the debate that has kind of been sparked ever since the Virginia game two weeks ago, and that is whether or not there should be a position battle for the starting quarterback role moving forward as the Cardinals head into the second um, part of the season. Uh, for context, the Louisville Cardinals were on bye this week, as most of you already know. So um, Malik Cunningham is back at practice. The recent depth chart that was released on Monday listed Cunningham as the starter for Saturday's game against Pittsburgh. Um, and I think that the the debate has kind of dwindled down a little bit, but I've still seen it across social media, and I think that it brings up some interesting points, but I do want to um, express my opinion on the matter, and that's the fact that I don't think there should be a position battle for the starting quarterback um, You know, nod going forward, especially not in this game. Um, because when you look at it, I think that there's essentially – a couple ways that you can look at this. Um, the first way is the fact that I don't really think that there's much that you can turn to and look at and think that, okay, Malik Cunningham should be benched. If you make that claim, you have to have something to back it up, and I just don't necessarily know that there is enough evidence to really warrant Malik Cunningham being benched. I think that... Um, you know, if anything, I think that it's kind of the other way around. I think that the offense ha was starting to continue to progress each and every week. Now, there's no secret. The the, the team's offense struggled starting out, right? Uh, Syracuse, you lost 31-7 to offensively. Really, really did not look good all across the board. Sure, you can put some of that on Malik Cunningham. A lot of that you have to put on, you know, the protection of the quarterback, but also play calling as well. That's something to factor into this equation. We'll kind of come back to that. Um, but then you look at the game against, um, you know, Central Florida still not necessarily a good performance 20 to 14 um, ever since then you've had some pretty decent offensive performances 31 points against Florida State 41 against South Florida 33 against Boston College and then obviously the game against Virginia you can make the case that hey Louisville's offense still wasn't necessarily all the way cohesive um, kind of left you wanting more and I get it look if you want to 
break down a certain player's um, you know, film and find the mistakes, you're going to be able to. No player is perfect. And sure, Malik Cunningham has made his fair share of mistakes through the first five games of this season. I'm not saying that he is to go without blame. I'm just saying that I have not seen enough to believe that Malik Cunningham should not be the starting quarterback going forward. It would be a completely different story if Cunningham missed, let's say, three or four games. And Brock Doman comes in right away, and the Cardinals win games. Um, he looks solid doing so, um, one or the other, maybe both. Um but let's say Doman puts together a, a solid stretch of performances, right? Then you might have a conversation. Then you might have a debate, and in a truly, you might have, um, you know, a, a solid argument as to why, hey, Brock Doman should be the starter moving forward. But I think that most of the fan base is probably on the same page here, and that's that Malik Cunningham should be the starting quarterback going forward. Look, I, I don't think that one missed game should uh, mean that he is the backup. Um, it'd be different if Cunningham was completely just not playing like himself, you know, you know, through the first five games, he just was still struggling. Um, I will say that, you know, he has made some mistakes along the way, you know, throwing some interceptions, some costly turnovers, um, overthrown, underthrown his receivers, which happens. Um, Brock Doman's done the same thing. I think the Louisville offense is most dynamic with the ball in Malik Cunningham's hands. I think that, um, you know, this offense is kind of tailor-made to his skill set. Um, you know, the RPO, you know, has been pretty solid. You know, the um, option ability, the ability for him to get out of the pocket and run, I think that it adds a different dynamic to this level offense. Now, does the passing offense have to improve with Malik Cunningham under center? Yes, it does. I think that Cunningham uh, has some room for growth, but I just don't necessarily think that, you know, he's been that bad to where there should be a, a position battle for the starting quarterback role. Um, but, what I will say, you know, going to the other side of things where, you know, some fans say, well, Louisville's offense looks completely different with Brock Doman. The passing offense looks way different. The play calling has been opened up. Um, there's a couple of rebuttals that I have to those claims. Um, number one, I don't necessarily think that the offense looked that much different. Um, you know, when you look at that game against Virginia a couple weeks ago, 34 to 17 victory in Charlottesville, um, I think that number one, Virginia's offense really did not play all that well outside of the first half, really outside the first quarter. They scored 10 in the first quarter and then seven for the rest of the game. Um, Doman was 17 of 30, 275 yards, a touchdown to two interceptions, um, made some mistakes. He had nine carries for 71 yards and that touchdown on that 44-yard touchdown run. Um, people say, well, the ball was spread out more. Well, was it really? I mean, only five players logged at least one reception, and two of those players only had one reception apiece. I do like the fact that Marshawn Ford was utilized more, but I just don't think that the statistics and the box score really, really, um, you know, leads you to believe that the offense was more spread out in the passing game because it just wasn't. I think that that's just one of those things. It's it's a selective um, piece of analysis. But I don't necessarily think it's true. And then you go to the fact of, oh, um, the play calling opened up more. Well, I, that, I don't think that that is a, a good fallback either. I think that that really, unless you can kind of point to where the play calling opened up more, I think that um, 
Maybe Brock Doman looked to go down the field a little bit more than Malik Cunningham has at certain times this season. I don't think it was just a complete different type of play calling because if it is, then there is a very interesting conversation to be had because then you're asking the question, okay, why is this play calling not being used when Malik Cunningham is in the game? And then you're having a whole different issue on, on the coaching side of things and where you would really have some um, concern. But I don't think that that's the case. I don't necessarily think that the play calling was that much different. And then the third thing is, well, look, Louisville won by 17 and Brock Doman looked solid. Yes, he did. And I'm put it this way, I'm not – using this segment to discredit what Brock Doman did at all because this was his first career start. He came in, he fought back from a very um, lackluster start, a lackluster first quarter, and he got the job done. That's all that matters. And he ended up winning the game, and he did so in a, in a pretty solid fashion. So hats off to him, kudos to him. That's very solid, but I don't want – um, to overanalyze this game because we did that with South Florida. The next week you'll lose to Boston College. I'm not saying they're going to lose to Pittsburgh, but Virginia is one of, if not the worst team in the ACC. You needed to handle business. You did against uh, an offense that had really been struggling, a defense that was pretty lackluster. So at the end of the day, you can credit Doman for the performance, but also understand that he did so against one of the worst defenses in the conference, one of the worst teams overall in the conference. So, no, in my opinion, there should not be a quarterback battle, nor does it look like there is going to be one with uh, Malik Cunningham being the listed starter. But with that being said, this is good for the Louisville Cardinals. Brock Doman's emergence is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Louisville Cardinals moving forward this season. And I'm going to tell you why here in the next segment after we talk about our friends over at Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-opening check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it all hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back. Thanks to Upside. Um, I started a couple. I started a couple jobs. I started a new job back in early September. I have never been traveling as much as I have now in the past month and a half. Also, eating out because I'm constantly on the road. So, Upside has been a huge, huge asset in my daily commute. Um, to get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked on the Louisville your first to listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked on the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube and now WHAS 11 Plus, five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned in the first segment, I don't think that there should be a quarterback battle for the starting position, at least not right now, at least not ahead of this matchup with the Pittsburgh Panthers. But I do think that Brock Doman's emergence is 
being kind of overlooked in this certain aspect. And I'm going to tell you why it's a huge benefit for the team moving forward. There's a couple different ways um, that I want to uh, go here. There's a couple different aspects that I want to um, really analyze this on. Number one, it offers a, I wouldn't necessarily say proven, but at least a battle-tested option at backup quarterback, a confident option, I should say. Um, look at the past couple of seasons. Um, Malik Cunningham, this was his first game missed since the start of the 2019 season against Notre Dame, so he's been extremely durable when it comes to his health, but that still hasn't taken away the instances to where he's been knocked out of games um, You know, for the remainder of games with certain injuries. Um, you know, most notably the one against Boston College a couple weeks ago. Um, but games last year, Clemson in particular, where Louisville had the game in control, they were in the driver's seat. Malik Cunningham goes out, and Clemson comes storming back in the fourth quarter, and Louisville loses all momentum because you know Evan Conley comes in, not really able to do much. And, and Louisville loses all momentum on offense. They lose the field position battle, unable to even get a first down. Um, just not a solid option at the backup quarterback position. Uh, people kind of look at this and they think, oh, well, it only matters and, unless Malik Cunningham goes out. Um, or it only matters until Malik Cunningham goes out. I agree. It's not a problem until it becomes one. And then you're stuck wondering, okay, well, you know, here's the thing that I've learned about, you know, sports in general is sometimes the unexpected becomes the expected. It happens. Um, you know, things happen in sports in, in, in a game, and it really, really helps having a backup quarterback that got his first start a couple weeks ago, won on the road in a place that's traditionally been a tough place for the Cardinals to come out victorious, only their second win in Charlottesville since joining the ACC, and their other win was a last-second touchdown throw or like 20 seconds to go when Lamar Jackson hit Jalen Smith in the back of the end zone back in 2017. Since then, the Cardinals have come up short every single time. So being able to go to Virginia, regardless if the Cavaliers were all that good or not, winning by 17 points, and having a solid performance overall by doing so, I think that building Brock Doman's confidence, giving him those meaningful reps, giving him those meaningful snaps, giving him the opportunity to continue to build in-game uh, camaraderie and chemistry with his receivers and his offensive line, I think that that can't be overlooked here because, you know, you think, oh, well, how much, how important is a backup quarterback? Well, you never know until truly you're in a situation where your backup quarterback has to go out and win you a football game. And you look back at some of the games in the past 10 years or so for Louisville, um, Teddy Bridgewater ended up being a backup quarterback. Now, granted, was probably going to end up being the starter. Lamar Jackson at one point was a backup quarterback. Uh, even before that, Kyle Bolin winning a game against Kentucky. Reggie Bonifon winning a couple games in his career as a backup quarterback. Over the past handful of seasons um you know you've had that continuity with Malik Cunningham and before that Lamar Jackson so you haven't had to had you haven't had to have the need for a backup quarterback to really come in and be clutch because of the fact that your quarterbacks have been very durable. Lamar Jackson didn't miss much time at Louisville. Malik Cunningham has been extremely durable as well. But I think that him going out against Boston College reiterated the notion that Louisville needed uh, a 
solid backup quarterback, a guy that can come in and it may, if not win you a game, at least keep you afloat to where if Malik Cunningham comes back into a game to where you're not losing all the momentum. Um, number two, and this kind of um, you know, goes without saying, I think, and I'm not saying that this doesn't happen, but Brock Doman increasing that confidence, hopefully it creates a little bit more competition day to day to where you know we're seeing, uh, you because let's be honest, I think that Malik Cunningham up until this point, really his his status has never been in question. He's never been, you know, he's never not been the starting quarterback since he won it over in 2019, in my opinion, or especially, you know, definitely when, um, you know, the 2020 season. So it, it's never been a matter of, okay, if Malik Cunningham doesn't perform up to standards, you know, you know that nobody's going to replace him because you've seen what happens when you throw one of the other quarterbacks out there. Now that Brock Doman has that performance under his belt, you have a little bit more confidence in looking at your bench and looking at the sideline and thinking, okay, we do at least have a uh, another option if Malik Cunningham isn't living up to standards. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case. I'm not saying that Malik Cunningham is inevitably going to be benched at some time this season. I am not saying that so, so do not put those words into my mouth i'm just saying when you look at this uh from all angles it's it's good to have this problem if you're scott satterfield if you are lance taylor if you're pete thomas to have a quality option on your bench should you need to use him if malik cunningham if he were to get hurt again you have a guy who you can throw in there saying hey he's winning out and he's won a game on the road in the ACC. Granted, it's been against a team that's not all that good in Virginia. You still have an opportunity. Um, you you still have an opportunity to go out and win games because you have a guy who essentially just gives you a little bit more security at the position. I think that that's what I'm trying to get around to here. I'm not saying that Malik Cunningham's position, or I'm sorry, his um, job security is in danger. I think that he's very firmly the starting quarterback, as he should be. I'm just saying now, you know, you have a little bit of injury insurance if Cunningham were to go down again. And uh, let's face it, I think you have a little bit more competition at the position now that you've seen that one of the guys on, you know, or at the position can go out and perform at a um, serviceable level. So, no, Malik Cunningham should not be in a position battle with Brock Doman. I think that it is squarely Malik Cunningham's job to lose. Um, but it is good that you have Doman, um, you know, as a secure backup, you know, having a guy that, um, you know, you know, can come in and at least make the winning plays. And then who knows, maybe next year, you know, he might be fighting for a starting quarterback position. Um, you at least you have some options to go along with Pierce Clarkson, uh, Kaleeb Johnson, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a step back. I want to look at this whole you know, back half of the schedule. There's six games remaining, so whoever starts at quarterback is going to have to, you know, really, really uh, show out. And obviously, signs are going to point to Malik Cunningham in that situation. But sitting at three and three, what is the most likely path for Bo eligibility for the Louisville Cardinals? We're going to answer that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over, excuse me, over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Louisville Cardinals weekend games or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Louisville Athletics is Claire Chausset's 1,000th kill recorded for the Louisville Volleyball Program, a 
in, an incredible accomplishment um, joining the 1,000 kill club for the Louisville volleyball team. Chausse, uh, one of the more underrated stars in the Louisville volleyball program. History doesn't necessarily get the recognition that I believe she deserves. Has been a huge, um, you know, has stepped up in a huge way, I should say. Um, has been a huge star this season. Um, especially with Anna DeBeer out with injury since the Stanford game. So uh, Claire Chausse reaching 1,000 kills is the Nissan um, thrilling moment of the week. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. So for the remainder of the show, we're talking about the final six games of the season. Um, it's going to be a very challenging last half of the season, as most have expected. Um, currently, there are four ranked teams on the schedule. So we're answering the question, what is the most likely journey or pathway to finding or obtaining, I should say, bowl eligibility? That's the question that needs to be asked. Um, obviously, Winning against Clemson and Kentucky, probably not probable. Probably not probable. Isn't that a um, you know very redundant saying? But goes without saying, right? You're on the road for both of those games. Clemson's at number five. They're undefeated on the season. Kentucky's number nineteen, but they're still solid with Will Levis in that offense. Um, so I think that both of those games currently right now, I feel comfortable in saying that both of those should be losses. So you're looking at the remaining four games, uh, Pittsburgh, James Madison, Wake Forest, and NC State. Simply put, I think that the games against the two unranked opponents at the current moment, they're must-win games um, because you essentially have to win three out of those four, in my opinion. Now, obviously, could you beat Clemson and Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, sure, it's possible, but I'm looking at probability here um, in, in looking at the four most winnable games. Uh, James Madison coming off of the first loss of the season uh, to Georgia Southern, 45-38. to 38. Um, with their victory over Appalachian State in the third week of the year, them starting out 5-0, and reaching the AP polls last week, had many Louisville fans believing that, hey, look, James Madison with their solid defense is going to be a, a very tough opponent. And it's going to be in Cardinal Stadium, but I don't think it's going to be one of those games to where Louisville is not going to be favored in. I think they're going to be favored against the Dukes in that game. Um, but that is, a winnable, that is a winnable game, and it's a must-win, um, you know, opportunity for Louisville because you have to get these two wins here. Pittsburgh and James Madison have to be victories. Um, you know, you have the opportunity here you know, against Pittsburgh, a night game at Cardinal Stadium, homecoming weekend where there's a lot of buzz around the athletics program. You've got Louisville Live Friday night, the red-white scrimmage on Sunday, the Louisville football game on primetime, um, you know, sandwiched right in between it. So there's um, a huge opportunity here for the Cardinals. Pittsburgh um, losing some starting players to the team, both due to injury and transfer. Um, you know, kind of showing that they're not as good as maybe previously thought, although they still are a solid um, opponent. Lost to Georgia Tech a couple weeks ago, defeated Virginia Tech by 16 uh, before the bye week. Uh, so 
Pittsburgh sitting at four and two, still trying to contend in the ACC Coastal, where they are right in the thick of things. But um, yeah, I think that um, you know, with Louisville currently being favored against the Panthers and over Pat Narduzzi's squad, I think that uh, Pittsburgh and James Madison are kind of prerequisites to bowl eligibility. You have to win those two games, in my opinion. There is no if, ands, or buts because the you know the probability of you losing one of those games and defeating, you know, both Wake Forest and NC State or, you know, defeating one of Wake Forest or NC State and then one of Kentucky and Clemson. It's just probably not the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario, in my opinion, are winning those two games, two games in which you're probably going to be favored. Do not let that fool you because that's still going to be some tough uh, competition. Uh, But you have those two wins. And then the two that you're looking forward to after that, it's against the teams that you basically had fourth quarter leads against last year, Wake Forest and NC State. Wake Forest comes to Cardinal Stadium on October 29th. They're 5-1 and one on the season. Only loss comes to uh, Clemson, uh, 51-45. to 45. Um, They do have uh, only, essentially, they've only played one ACC team, or I'm sorry, they played two ACC teams thus far. They've only had one ACC win. Um, that is against uh, Florida State, where they won 31-21. to 21. Um in Tallahassee. So, um, you know, Sam Hartman and the Demon Deacons are very, very tough. I think that they are just below Clemson when it comes to the ACC hierarchy this season. So um, I think that the team obviously has a little bit better of an opportunity to take down NC State with Devin Leary being announced that he is out for the remainder of the season. Um, You know, they lost 24 to 9 to Syracuse this past week. Uh, beat Florida State last week, 19 to 17. So uh, the Wolfpack are a team that Louisville will have a chance against. Now, granted, um, you know it's still going to be a very tough game, and we do wish Devin Leary the uh, very quick and speedy but full recovery. I never want to see a player go down to injury, um, but um, unfortunately, that does help Louisville's case. Um, Leary going out, you know, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the conference. Um, out for the season. Um, that's a huge monumental loss for the NC State Wolfpack. Um, we'll see how that can um, affect the game against the Cardinals in late November. But in my opinion, I think that the most likely path to bowl eligibility is winning against Pittsburgh, winning against James Madison, and winning against NC State. Um, you know, all three teams kind of currently. Uh, kind of in wait-and-see approach. Pittsburgh is looking to extend a winning streak. James Madison looking to bounce back currently, and then NC State trying to find their identity in a post-Devin Leary season. So um, I think that if the Cardinals were to get to bowl eligibility, not saying they will, but if they were, that is probably the three wins that I would circle. So um, tomorrow's episode will be a locked-on crossover. You know, there's a lot of great um, hosts in the ACC section of the Locked On Podcast Network, like uh, Candace Cooper, who hosts Locked On ACC. Um, but Nick Faribault does a great job of covering Pittsburgh, and I'm, I'm extremely excited to get back in the studio with him. So be sure to check that out. But that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.